lies, lies, lies. Do we have lots of lies in this culture? Brian Sanders, what's up, man? You, you, you've got a, a podcast, Sapien Diet, Food Lies is your big thing that you're you're working on. Thanks for thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. I, I do expose some lies. <laughs> have you ever had anybody intro you with uh, lies, lies, lies? That was the first video. <laughs> Not yet. I like it. Sweet. Okay. I, I just uh, popped your mm -hmm. lies cherry there. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Awesome. All right. So, man, so what are you all about? And we talked a little bit on the, the pre-show interview and, um, you know, I think there's um, often a common misconception with people either being medical doctor, nutritionist or trainer or whatever, like every, everybody feels like they're an expert now in everything. Um, mm -hmm. What is it that, that you're, you are focusing on and, and where does your background lie? Yeah, I feel like I'm a bit defensive because I don't have a nutrition background, yet uh -huh. I'm trying to spread information about nutrition. But I think I have a good take on it because I have a mechanical engineering background and I've been at this for, you know, almost seven, eight years. Mm -hmm. And I, I think coming from it from a different angle and not being kind of indoctrinated into the system, I feel like a lot of my doctor friends agree with this. So I, I'm not throwing them under the bus. They're like, right. hey, we didn't know anything about nutrition. We're taught the wrong things. The whole health system's a mess. You know, they, they'll agree the healthcare system is a sick care system, as many people know. And it's mm -hmm. just about prescribing pills and all that. And no one looks at prevention or lifestyle and diet interventions and all that. So I'm kind of coming at it from the side. I'm like, hey, I'm an engineer, you know, I study scientific method, root cause of problems, all this type of stuff. Like, let's apply this to diet and lifestyle mm. and or nutrition. And when you do that, you kind of come to a different conclusion than the food pyramid or my plate or the government recommendations. So I am actually proud. Instead of being defensive, I'm <laughs> proud to come from a different angle and just say, hey, let's look at bioavailability of yeah. foods. Let's look at animal foods versus plant foods. Let's look at processed foods versus whole foods. And we can come to some really easy conclusions. Yeah, that, that, I mean, that, that's fair as, as long as you're able to you know, read a study and, and decipher what it, what it says and, you know, look at all these analyses of different things. I think anybody who has an intellectual mind and can look at things objectively is much better because as you're aware, we all get, we put ourselves in a box, right? You're, you're either carnivore or vegan or flexitarian or cookie diet or whatever the hell, right? Like, and, yeah. and then you always have this confirmation bias with like, oh, I'm only this way or Democrat or Republican, whatever you want to say, right? So then you always just have this complete bias and you're looking at the world with, with blinders on. So it, it's nice to, you know, take an objective view and, and look at things. So when did that, when did that start for you? What, uh, what piqued your interest? Yeah, well, it's sort of a sad story. About seven or eight years ago, I lost both my parents. So Sorry. I was, you know, 30. It's pretty young to, you know, not have any parents, but it was these modern chronic diseases, you know, Alzheimer's, cancer. These are kind of things that we think are normal and they're not. You know, once I started digging into it, it kind of woke me up. I'm like, hey, wait a second. I don't want to have this happen to me. And then I realized, oh, this doesn't have to happen. This is just something that we're used to in our modern society. And then th yeah. there's much more people know about like type two diabetes and other problems that are more related to diet and lifestyle. But I think the cancer and the Alzheimer's is, is sort of on the, the 
further edge of that, right? That people mm -hmm. don't know that those are related to diet and lifestyle. So I kind of just really dug in since then, changed my diet. And uh, I've been on different diets. Yeah, been in different camps and thought I was, you know, found the solution and this is the way to go. And then I had to work my way out of that. So I think by now I'm sort of as unbiased as I can be and trying mm -hmm. to just not put myself into a little camp and say, oh, I'm, I'm the paleo guy or something or, sure. you know, just let's just look at everything. And that's I feel like that's my job now, especially because I'm making this film and it's been four years. So, yeah, I've been making food lies it's, four years ago this summer. I watched uh, What the Health four years ago and I was appalled. I just, you know, every because I've already been at it for three years, yeah. eating more animal based diet and higher fat diet. And I'm just like, this is crazy. Why, why are these people saying this stuff? Obviously, it's just for animal rights motives and stuff right. like that. This is not about like actual nutrition science. So yeah. I kind of have been on that film journey since. There you go. So what what is the Food Lies uh, documentary about? Well, we're trying to do it all. It's we're trying to cover the whole story from how did humans evolve? Like what are humans supposed to eat? Supposed to is a, a loaded word, but what mm -hmm. do humans thrive on? Like how can we thrive, not survive? Like what is our digestive system built for? You know, all this stuff. So we start with human evolution. We move to the, the whole story of agricultural revolution to say the last hundred years where we started getting some bad science and doing some things wrong up yep. until the modern science. So what does the modern science tell us? And I mean, it's coming out daily, weekly, you know, these days, even just last year, there's a big study, big meta-analysis, but the, the journal of uh, internal medicine or annals of um, internal medicine put out five studies about red meat showing that there is no evidence showing that red meat is bad for you. So we've mm -hmm. gotten all this you know, bogus information and these guys are internal medicine doctors. They are unbiased. They're not part of the meat industry or anything. They did a lot to actually uh, make sure there was no bias in this and that they were looking at all the studies and they're just like, hey, there is zero evidence that red meat is bad for you. Of course, this is what we've been eating for all of history. So, so that's kind of uh, where we catch up to modern times. And then the last piece of the, well, there's two last pieces of the puzzle. Mm -hmm. One is let's actually make some dietary recommendations and analyze this information and help people understand food. And then the final final is, but what about the environment, right? Mm -hmm. And then everyone's like, oh, cow farts. And we're like, no, <laughs> there was 100 million bison roaming the plains of North America, and there was no problem for you know, a million yeah. years. So bison uh, fart too, right? Yeah, it's the same thing. It's the same animal. They're actually bigger, bigger fart. It's actually burps. Really, most of the methane comes out of the front in burps. And uh, yes, bison are a lot bigger than our modern cows. So okay, yeah, a lot of, lot of misinformation going on there. Yeah. As well. So what would you say? Obviously, you know, documentaries in general, they, they often have some sort of goal, right? Well, number one, they, mm -hmm. they need to be entertaining, right? So you can look, you can, you can look at forks over knives. You, you can look at game changers. You can look at all sorts of things where they, they, they have some sort of motive, but number one, mm -hmm. you obviously, you want it to do well and you want people to watch this. So what is the challenge for you? And, and how would you ask that if somebody's looking at it like, oh, this guy's making this food lies movie, you know, and there, there's probably some sort of agenda. Uh, what would mm -hmm. your rebuttal be to that? Yeah. It's a good point. It's a very good question. And and the entertainment part is cool too. Like the Game Changers did a good job of doing these little fake experiments and they drew blood and they're like, oh, the guy who ate the meat, the blood is cloudy. It's yeah. a genius little experiment. I, 
I actually debunked it. And, you know, it's, it's not, it's just showing that there's extra energy in the blood. It, the, the burrito with all the meat had way more calories, way more fat, way more carbs, way more everything. Mm. Uh, it, anyway, uh, we're trying to make it entertaining with stuff like that, but that's right. actually true. Not, yeah. and they did the, the little like boner tests or something at night, you know, like, uh, so we're doing real, real studies or science, little explanations instead of fake ones. And, uh, yeah, the bias part, I guess my, my only bias, I say I have two biases and it's that I believe that animal foods are healthy mm-hmm. and I believe that processed foods are bad. Okay. Just not, not across the board, but generally I just, I'm like, let's shift the blame from say red meat or other, you know, saturated fat cholesterol, and let's shift it to the processed foods that just came around, mm. right? These, these are the foods that just right when our health problems arose, that's magically when all these seed oils came in and refined grains and all the foods were stuffed in packages. So yeah. that is my bias. I'll tell anyone in the world about it. Like th- these two things are my bias. That, and, that, that's fair, man. And, and I appreciate you saying like, what, what are you biased to? And it'd be very hard to find an argument of like processed foods. I'm sure somebody like, I don't know, maybe Kellogg's be like, Oh no, you you gotta, like, you gotta have that. Uh, but it's very fair to, to say that. So, uh, when you're talking about, about these things, um, and what have you found, like, why do we need to eat more meat and what would the rebuttal be? Because obviously, as as you talked about that, the study came out where, uh, these uh, internal medicine doctors were saying that red meat is not bad for us. So one, why do we need to eat more red meat? And then where do you feel like the whole red meat, um, you know, probably to use your words, myth came from? Mm, Yeah. I think there's many reasons to eat more red meat. It depends on what you're looking at too. I think just like a high level reason you, it, I like to get into satiety and Mm -hmm. I think a lot of weight, a lot of people, a lot of people need to lose weight. Let's just put it out there. Right. And to lose weight, I think it's a, it's a battle with hunger Mm -hmm. and there's many types of diets. You can make any diet on paper, but does that mean someone's going to stick to it and actually be full? Like, I think that it, that's the number one battle people have is like, I'm hungry. And so my high level reason for eating meat is it keeps you full, right? This is the satiety factor. And that if you're getting a whole bunch of protein and nutrients that are bioavailable that meat has, you will be full for longer and you can win that battle. And there's all kinds of information and studies on the protein leverage hypothesis that, that kind of show that all mammals uh, need a certain protein requirement and they eat foods until they get there. Mm. So it's really interesting when you look at, they started with uh, like crickets and they noticed that if they change the feed, the, the amount of protein to other energy, you know, fat or carbs in the food, they would just eat more of the food if the protein went down to get the same amount of protein. So mm. they would, have, you know, I don't know if crickets gain weight, but um, <laughs> I don't know. Did it crickets with, always look lean to me. I, don't know. I know they're shredded yeah. like yeah. nonstop there, but uh, no, they did with mice and yeah, the, the, the mice would gain weight. You know, it's very mm. obvious that the, the mice with the lower protein feed gained weight and were less healthy and died sooner and all this type of stuff. And they, you know, they try to do it. Some of these studies in humans to show that it also um, works it's a little harder to do human studies with all this stuff. But right. uh, yeah, I, I really think that there's something to do with, with this protein leverage hypothesis. There's also, I mentioned bioavailability of nutrients. And so meat has the best bioavailability. Um, so when you say bioavailability, just the amount of nutrients that you're able to absorb in case anybody's listening, you know, what is that? Exactly. Like the, yeah. The, the like a lot of, 
it's like, well, let's they, they say, oh, spinach has all this iron. And mm. well, you're not getting that iron. It's not in the bioavailable form mm. that meat has it in or protein. You know, there's study, there's just easy science. I don't even know why this is debatable. You know, the, the game changers or all these films, they try to say, oh, there's just enough as much protein in like the broccoli as there is beef. No, there's not. It's not bioavailable. There's there's methods. It's the PDCAS or the DIAS. These are two protein digestibility scores and systems that scientists have used. And mm. it's just not true. It's just meat and eggs. You know, e eggs is kind of like the gold standard. Right. You know, you get all of the nutrition uh, and protein and nutrients and plant foods you don't. So here's a little little side story. Plant like we explain how food works in the film, and I think this is interesting to to know why we should eat meat and it's it opposes the vegan arguments of why we shouldn't eat meat so mm. they say okay there's cow there's grass and there's all these plants and then herbivores will eat the plant matter and then carnivores or humans can eat the animals and they say why let's skip the middleman like this is an inefficient process why are we eating the animals when we can just eat the plants straight and it's an absurd idea on the on the top level you may be able to trick someone into thinking that's a good idea mm -hmm. and a lot of these people these vegan people maybe they don't think past that and they just they're like yeah animal rights and but then they they don't realize that this is a very valuable service that they provide these animals eat undigestible food and low quality food and very low protein food that we cannot eat and they upcycle it into highly bioavailable nutrition that is ideal for human health. So it's a so when they're talking about the middleman, I'm saying yes, this is a very valuable service <laughs> they're providing. Like, of course we need the middleman. They're eating a whole bunch of grass or spent grains that we use from a distillery or uh, old corn mash from a, a ethanol plant and they're eating this low quality food that's perfectly digestible to them because they have the four stomachs and this whole different digestive process and so yes this is amazing they actually upcycle so if you look at how much protein protein is the most important thing like everyone has too much energy yeah. right it's like we're getting carbs and fats everywhere we just need more protein in our diet and so if you look at the protein that the cow eats over its lifetime it actually gives back more protein Right, it upcycles that so we can get more protein. So that is my answer to the vegans: is we need this, this, these meat and these animals yeah. to allow us to better uh, get our nutrition. Okay, so uh, where where does the uh, the argument of red meat and you know saturated fat generally people think red meat, right? They think saturated fat. Where, where does that come from then? Well. Many people might know about the Ansel Keys story. I feel like it's like old news to me already. I've heard it a million times, but yeah, there was this guy in 1950s. I mean, if you, it, it happened earlier. Like you could point to Seventh-day Adventists and religious people, and you mentioned Kellogg's and John Harvey Kellogg has this whole history of uh, with the Seventh-day Adventists and they have this idea that meat is bad. And they, yeah, they started this a, a lot earlier, but really when the, the science came in is Eisenhower had a heart attack and this was also the time when smoking was going crazy. They, we just started getting all the seed oils, these industrial oils that we were replacing mm -hmm. uh, natural fats with. And so there was a heart disease problem in the 50s. All right, so this was this, this crisis. And uh, they put together 
a sort of like a commission, a, a, the McGovern report. There's different um, studies that went on before that with Ansel Keys. So there's just a lot of science between these 50s and, this, and the 70s that was done that was just bad science. And we covered all in the film, but basically uh, the easiest one to explain is the seven country study where Ansel Keys went around the world and he, he looked at like 23 countries, yet he just picked the seven that fit his little line. Mm -hmm. And so he threw out all the things that didn't fit. And then he showed this line where the more saturated fat people ate, the more heart disease they had, you know? And, and it seems reasonable if you just stop there, right? It's always these yep. easy arguments. And it's like, oh, Japan, like they're, they're healthy and they don't eat a lot of saturated fat. Like, well, that's just, they're just eating whole foods. That's just, they have access to meat and I mean, fish and, you know, vegetables and some rice. That's a perfectly good diet. You know, it just happens to be low in saturated fat, but there's other perfectly good diets that are high in saturated fat that don't cause heart disease at all. And I visited some of these cultures like in Africa, like the Maasai or mm. the Hadza, you know, I just went to Africa for the film in February and we spent time with these people and hunted with them and ate with them and all this stuff. And people may know the Inuit, right? They're eating high fat, yeah. high saturated fat, mostly fat. They're fine. Like they don't have heart disease, you know? Yeah. So this stuff is easily debunkable, but in the 1950s, when this was done, they didn't do all the science. They didn't have all this information. So it was kind of set into stone in that time with these bad studies. And then kind of the rest is history. Then it opens the door to the, the food industry. Like if fat is bad, let's stuff right. everything with carbs and sugar and all that process it, package it. And they've big business is kind of just, whoa. Uh, just supported that narrative ever since as yep. they as they would do because they're making money and they're trying to protect their profits and bottom line. So, of course, they just lobby uh, and just continue to to push this narrative. Yeah, that makes sense. So uh, what, what's the correlation then? So when, when they're looking at um, it, when they're looking at the saturated fat, you, you mentioned seed oils and, you know, processed carbohydrates. So it, it, were those people having saturated fat and then having these you know, the seed oils and processed carbohydrates, was that the driver to, toward their, to, uh, towards their poor health? Yeah, I, I believe so. And I also mentioned smoking too, because uh -huh. I think smoking is, is a big problem with cardiovascular health and heart attacks. And that's been proven out since, right? And yeah. people know to not smoke, but it, it's very correlated to heart disease. And as, I mean, causative, I'd say, uh, by now we know. So, right. Yeah. So, I mean, it wasn't the saturated fat has actually gone down over the years. So saturated fat is something that humans have always eaten. People, you could say, oh, my great grandparents, they were healthy and they would just eat steak and potatoes. I'm like, yes, it's a great diet, you know, eat steak and potatoes. Uh, that's look, people for all of history were eating saturated fat. And so really the problems come in when they start adding in, yeah, the, the seed oils. And yes, you could either say they, if you're adding all the processed carbs and sugars on top of saturated fat and on and having the seed oils on top of saturated fat. Yep. Yes, that is bad. Now we're just like having way too much uh, fat. Well, anything, any energy is fat or carbs. You know, we, right. any, any, any amount of too much energy of any kind can be bad, right? That's how people develop type two diabetes and insulin mm. resistance and all these problems. So uh, yes, you're right. So the saturated fat was never the problem, right? It's, it's just, you're adding in all these other processed foods on top. Yeah. It's like, uh, you, you made a post, I don't know if it was a picture that you made or it was, a it's like a burger and then had like lucky charms, marshmallows or, oh, yeah, or, yeah. or, or something on it. Right. And you're like, it's, it's, it's probably not, you know, what's in the middle. It's probably the, the, the everything that's <laughs> probably the but Yeah. It's probably the, yeah, the, just that's, that's what I have shirts that say. It's not the meat. It's what else you eat. 
Mm. What else you eat on top of the meat? People, yes, they, they eat fries that are cooked in the seed oils. They eat the milkshake, the soda, yeah, even the bun. It's like highly refined bun. You yeah. know, like these things are not good for you. The meat is the best part. Mm. And it always gets the blame. Always gets the blame in the environmental side and the nutrition side. Yeah. Why, so why, why are seed oils so bad and why should people stay away from them? Yeah, this is kind of my new thing. I, I, I didn't realize it was such a problem until in the last couple of years. But a lot of great scientists and doctors like Dr. Kate Shanahan are like really speaking out on this. She even went on Bill Maher's show and talked about it to the world. It was sort of a mainstream audience that, that these are highly industrial seed oils. They are not natural fats. And if just to start at a high level, just that's, I mean, it's kind of like an obvious thing that we should choose the natural fats we've always been eating that our genes expect or our bodies are used to mm. compared to these new ones that involve a 16 step process. And so if anyone wants to look up industrial seed oils, which euphemistically are called vegetable oils, it's right, very right, right. gross. They started out as like machine lubricant. They're like, Hey, we have all those left leftover cotton seeds. Let's make machine lubricant. And then they're like, Oh, we could sell this to people. And they had to deodorize it and use hexane to, to do all these different things. So there's this 16 step process. It's like you take, it's basically sludge and then they press some oil out of it and then make it some somewhat palatable. Uh, and th this has a high, uh, omega six seed, uh, ratio, right? Mm -hmm. So these are the polyunsaturated fats that are more unstable and our bodies don't do well with, to put it simply. It's just, these are these fats that our bodies, uh, don't do well with like our cell membranes, uh, don't want to be made up of these polyunsaturated fats and they have all these open bonds, the saturated fats, right? The word saturated means they are full. They are full. Mm -hmm. Like all of their bonds are full. So there's not these like free areas that can oxidize. So oxidization, it's exposing to oxygen. And so mm. that's what happens. And especially when you heat oil. So back to French fries, if you heat a bunch of these seed oils and they have all these open bonds, they become oxidized and terrible for you. Mm. So really the one main thing people can do for the health, screw, you know, high carb, low carb, high fat, low fat, anything, just avoid the seed oils, especially ones that are fried. And, yeah. and this it's funny. It's like people are like, oh, why is fried food bad? It's not fat in general. It's like people are just like fat, blaming fat. It's like, no, it's you're frying it in the worst kind of fat and oxidizing yeah. it. So all, I mean, you could go, you can get beef tallow fries or you can make your own, uh, you know, fried food in yeah. beef tallow and it will be far, far different than, yeah. than the seed oils. What, what, are the, what are the seed or the, the vegetable oils or let's call it the lubes, right? What, what are the uh -huh. lubes? Um, see, if people like it. Lube oil, you pr probably want to do is. well, but you what are not, <laughs> the machine lube oil, industrial lube oil? Yeah, that's yeah. canola, sunflower, corn, uh, soybean, conseed oil, any of these oils that are from seeds or, well, mainly they're from seeds. We call them vegetable oils, but they're all really from seeds. Yeah. So okay. the good oils are, there's really only three and they're from fruits. So that's olive oil. If you can find the real good olive oil, right. that's pretty expensive. There's a lot of fake olive oil. There's a study that shows they did like analysis and they, it was like 80 or more percent were like fake and they're cut with canola oil. So if yeah, you get my, really my good, wife's family is Greek. So they're like, you need to have the pure and the Greek olive oil they get is literally from the olive trees. It's just mm -hmm. this massive glass bottle that they literally just put it in there themselves. And it's, you know, 
doesn't have a screw top. It's got like a little wine bottle top on there and they always take it back from Greece and they always, mm. you know, they're little olive oil snobs, which as they should be, right? I love that. It, exactly. And it, it has like that tartness in the back of your mouth and it, yeah. it's, that is real and that is natural. And that is obvious that we can just press some olives very simply and we get oil. Yeah. Avocado oil is another good fruit oil. You can press, you know, avocados are very fatty and oily. You can imagine we can press those and get some oil and then coconut oil, very fatty. We can mm. do a simple, it's not a 16 step process with hexane and all these other things. Sure. It's a fatty thing. These are three fruit oils and they are good. They're fine. Okay. The, all the rest of the oils are not good. Okay. So, and, I mean, I, yeah, I just started using just fats. Like I just save, you know, good beef fat and use that to cook in because I just rather have saturated fat. Yeah, I mean it's it's pretty good. It's like you, you baking grease. Uh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that'll that'll do it right there. All right, so let's uh, let's talk about sapien diet. What what is the sapien diet, and um, you know, why should people uh, maybe steer towards mm -hmm. that? Well, so just over the years, I've kind of landed on this as just a framework more than a diet. I'm just. There, I mean, there is the Sapien framework and then there's like a specific Sapien diet that mm -hmm. might be ideal or might be what I like. Yeah. So the, the framework, I feel like is kind of this undebunkable diet. It's like, this is just what humans should eat. And this is goes back to the two things I said were my bias. I said that animal foods are good and processed foods are bad. The highest, highest level, that's what the Sapien diet is. It's you just embrace animal foods and you avoid processed foods. Mm -hmm. And so any good diet around the world and throughout history has done this. Right. So this is so simple to me. This is why I don't see how it's going to be debunked. You're like, okay, what about the Okinawans in the 70s or 60s and the blue zones, they were studied and they lived long and all this type of stuff. Like their diet's the best. I'm like, no, that's just part of the Sapien framework. They're eating whole foods. They're eating fish and they actually did eat uh, pork. They're very into pork. They thought it was a longevity food. Hmm. Uh, so they're eating pork, they're eating fish, they're eating other, you know, seafood, crustaceans or uh, mollusks and stuff and vegetables and rice. That's fine. You know, so you could show me any healthy population in history and I'll show you that that's in the sapien framework. It's a whole food based diet that includes a lot of nutrition from animal foods and it doesn't include basically added sugar, refined grains or seed oils. Hmm. So. So yeah, just name me a population and I'll tell you why their diet's good and why they, and how they avoid those things. Even, you know, some modern vegan diets or like plant-based diets, like the Seventh-day Adventists are kind of famous for being pretty healthy compared to, you know, the normal Americans and all the, they, they avoid alcohol, they avoid smoking, they eat whole foods and they include, you know, like eggs and dairy, stuff like that. And so they're just eating a saving diet. I mean, I don't think it's ideal. What's also interesting, if you can compare those to the Mormons who have no restrictions on meat, they live just as long. So really? it isn't the the fact that they're avoiding meat in the Seventh-day Adventist diet. It's the fact that they're doing all these other healthy habits. And it's way healthier because the Mormons do that, right? They avoid alcohol. They avoid smoking. Right. And they uh, have sex for a while, I think, too, right? <laughs> what was that? Sex, I think, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and and uh, they... <laughs> They just do well, like they just do way better than the rest of America. That's right. just crushing McDonald's. Yeah. Okay. So are you, uh, would you say that people shouldn't be having, you know, vegetables and fruits and what about different, these different like anti-nutrients and oxalates and, and things mm. that people are worrying about? Cause from what you just said, whole foods, 
would include fruits, vegetables, mm-hmm. and you're also having an animal products too, correct? Yes. So this is a very interesting topic and I'm friends with all the carnivores and you've had some of them on your show. Right. I've been friends with Saladino and Sean Baker for years and years. So um, yeah, I can, I can disagree with those guys. They, they take it to the extreme. It, it's a great elimination diet to do for right. a while. Um, and anti-nutrients are a very valid point. And, and I appreciate that. I actually choose in my version of sapien diet, I choose the vegetables and other plant foods with the least anti-nutrients, mm. right? So I, I eat avocado, mushroom, onions, uh, fermented vegetables. It helps get rid of the anti-nutrients and you know, not much else. Like I'm not eating tons of plant foods. I mean, I could eat some like carb, you know, like some sweet potatoes, like fruit, fruit doesn't have any anti-nutrients really because right. fruit wants to be eaten. So the whole idea with plant anti-nutrients is it's their defense system. And yeah. so I get it and it blocks absorption of nutrients. So, you know, maybe you're not going to like keel over and die if you eat some kale, but you're just not getting all the nutrients you could because it has those anti-nutrients blocking the absorption of the nutrients. Mm. So that's one thing. Another thing is it's seasonally eating seasonally uh, is what people have always done throughout history. And if you eat seasonally, you're not going to have a problem with the buildup of anti-nutrients. So most famously would be oxalates, probably people mm-hmm. getting kidney stones. And I almost got a kidney stone. I was chugging kale shakes and kale and spinach shakes for years. You know, I like four or five years ago, I was on that train. It's like, let's just blend all this kale and spinach. And right. it's like, I'm so healthy. And yeah, it feels good. It, it, initially, you're like, think it's all great. But after you do that every day, that's a huge amount of oxalates you're getting. If you yeah. can just look up, I mean, I even looked up on vegan websites and they, they talk about the dangers of oxalates and having too much raw spinach and kale and stuff mm. like that. So this is just well known. But if you're eating seasonally, like I said, you're not crushing kale shakes and spinach shakes every day with cups and cups of spinach. You're fine. I think most people are completely fine with yep. plant foods, right? Because you're the whole thing about seasonally is like, yeah, we eat them when they're in season. We eat them for three months and then we'd stop eating them. You know, and it's like our body can detoxify and get rid of things and it's fine. And like we're getting different nutrients, you know, we're getting more of certain things and, you know, vitamin C or, you know, certain things that are more available in plant foods. That's good. Let's get those. But then let's not eat them in insane amounts every day. Yeah. And and that makes sense too, because like the, it rarely do I see somebody like a that's having too many fruits and vegetables and is like overweight and having all these different like metabolic markers and mm-hmm. everything. But I think this, the seasonal thing makes sense because working with um, all sorts of individuals and I've tried diets from, from vegan to plant-based, which is different people. I think people think it's the same thing, but that's different, mm-hmm. right? To flexitarian, to carnivore, to vertical diet. I've done all sorts of different things and I've had my blood work checked. And sometimes like I felt great when I was full on vegan for a few months. And, but then I missed bacon, right? Like, you know, like, but that was only for a few months. So I don't know if I extended that period. Uh, and at the same point, if I went carnivore for several months on end, at some point, would I start getting like bleeding gums or because like, I'm not, ha- I'm not having like the liver eating full on nose to tail to, you know, complement the, vi- the lack of vitamin C without supplementation, right? I mean, um, I think nowadays that most diets or nutrition plans. And I like that you, you talked about this as kind of like a lifestyle essentially as opposed mm-hmm. to diet because people hear the word diet and they, they get freaked out, even though whatever you yeah. eat in a day is your diet. Like that's just the yeah. definition of diet is what you eat consistently in a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as far as that is when you're doing sapien, are you, you eating like full on 
nose to tail. I mean, I know you have a nose to tail company. Is that, are, are you following this every single day? Um, do you take mm. like kind of breaks uh, from it? Well, no, I do not eat like nose to tail every day. Um, I think it's good. It, it doesn't have to be people. A lot of people agree. It's like, yeah, you can have one to three ounces of liver per week mm-hmm. as an example. Or like I actually, at the, my company, I sell liver mixed in with the ground beef so that it's, you don't even taste it and it's easy. So oh, that's, that's better. Yeah. That's, I, I yeah. was taking desiccated liver for a while, you know, just in the tablets because I just yeah. couldn't bring myself to it. It's easy. Yeah. Well, I mean, I do that too. I was going to say that. I mean, Paul gave me a bunch of his liver tablets, you know, and I, and I take those because it is easier. But now that I run out, so now I'm like, okay, now I got to go back to my, you know, ground beef with liver mixed in. But yeah, yeah. I do think it's important to, it's not an everyday thing. Yeah. And you don't have to go crazy on both sides too. It's not like I'm eating nose to tail every day. And it's not like I'm eating 100% whole foods, like clean diet every day. Yeah. You know, like I, I live in society. I understand that my body can handle a little bit of something on the weekends or, you know, I want to participate in society and, and have food with friends. So right. yeah, on both sides of this, it, it's not like I do this every day. It's my lifestyle. It's something that I can sustain. And uh, yeah, I think a lot of people, yeah, get, they go too hard in either direction. Either they're too hardcore and they're like, I can't eat anything that's not on my meal plan ever. But then they, if they like fall off the wagon, then they'll spin off and, you know, screw up everything. Right. Or there's people who are just like, oh, everything in moderation. And then everything's basically a treat. You know, at some point yeah. you're like, okay, well, you're just eating a standard American diet now. Yeah, I mean, you know, everything I mean, in moderation, that's like, it's like telling a cocaine addict, like, I just do a bump. That's it's in moderation, you know, I'll call it moderation. Like, no, everything in moderation is if you can moderate your moderation. But like, you know, I've worked with so many people, like from celebrities to everything else. And we all have the same thing. There's these certain foods, right? And you have them and you know that you just can't stop and you just keep going. I even know that like, if I if mm-hmm. I see a big thing of cookies, if I have one cookie, I just can't have one, I'm gonna eat the whole thing. I just know myself. So yeah, I can't do a cookie in moderation because I'll have the whole package, you know, and then I'll, I'll shit my pants the next day and I just, I'll feel like <laughs> crap or whatever. So, yeah. um, I, I hate that little argument of everything in moderation. It's in moderation. Well, I do. It doesn't, well, I do doesn't hate work. That. And, but there's, yeah, but there's guys online that are more in the fitness space that say this type of stuff, you know, and there's, they're, they're just like, yeah, as long as it fits your macros, like nothing matters. And I'm just like, there's two huge problems. One is, yes, the the mental side. It's right. so huge. You need to know yourself. And two is the nutrient density side, which we've kind of covered, is that all calories are not the same. Even if you equate for protein, I know a lot of you know more fitness people and know that protein is different from fat or carb calories. Right. But I'm saying even if you do account for protein, I still don't I still don't say all calories are the same, right? You're not getting the same nutrition from certain calories. So if it fits your macros, I think is, is not great because there's no focus on mm-hmm. nutrient density and bioavailable nutrition and actually getting enough nutrients. Yeah. Like, I mean, for example, you know, people are, they're aware that if, if you want to grow muscle tissue, you need to be, you know, um, hypercaloric, you need to have more calories. You need to have good amount of protein, you know, depending on what you look at, but gram plus mm-hmm. more per pound of body weight. Right. So you want to do that. But if you're hitting your carbs and you got to hit 600 grams of carbs a day, but you're having that from Snickers bars, that's going to feel that you're going to feel completely different than if you had it from, you know, rice or a sweet potato, whatever, something like that, that's going to one fill you up and provide all that nutrient bioavailability. So they may look good and I've competed in fitness contests and all sorts of stuff. They may look good, but they feel like crap 
their their lifting, their recovery, everything, their brain. And people, I think, mm -hmm. sometimes forget about that is not going to be as good. And often they're sleeping, which I feel like it should be sleep and then diet and then exercise, mm -hmm. not diet and exercise. Your, your sleep goes to shit. Like everything else, like try to operate, try to take a test, try, try to drive a car on, you know, three or four hours of sleep. And that you're just, it's like you're drunk. So, I mean, mm -hmm. I think sometimes we, we do need to be aware of these things that we're like, okay, we just absolutely like are non-negotiables, whether that's sleep or having the cookie or whatever. Right. And, um, that's a, that's a very fair point. Uh, so I have a three and a half year old son. And if you were to explain to him to sit down, uh, his name's Frederick. He said, Frederick, this is what I want you to eat. Mm -hmm. what, how, how would you explain that to him? Mm -hmm. Interesting. I, I, the, the carnivore crowd likes to use the argument of the kids don't like vegetables and that it's for a reason that they're not necessary. And I, I'm I'm interested in this topic because I, I cut out green vegetables for the past couple of years and I feel great, mm -hmm. but I'm eating other things. You know, it's not like I'm not eating plant foods, but I, I think that we didn't actually have a lot of green vegetables uh, back in the day. When you're out just looking in the wild, you have meat and fruit and starch. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm more into this like idea of meat and eggs and fish and fruit and starch and some herbs. So I do use herbs. So, okay, so back to your question, I would say, well, we want to grow up strong, right? We want to be healthy. We want to grow up strong. So we need to eat foods that allow our bodies to do this. And the natural foods are better for you that these, you know, anything in boxes and packages, and you're going to grow up and you're going to be uh, tempted with all kinds of foods and, you know, a box of mac and cheese is delicious, or you go, your friends and there's a difference between what's delicious and what's going to help your body grow. Right. And so it's hard. And I get it that a lot of parents tell me their, their kids are picky eaters or they don't like to eat this or that. Well, if you, it starts, you got to start early. If you train them to love natural foods and meats and fat and enjoy it, they will. And then they, they might find, some you know processed foods off-putting because they're too like chemically tasting or something you know what i mean mm -hmm. I, I don't eat much of that stuff at all anymore because it's not even very appealing to me you know like a burger is always appealing with that bun right. but i mean like cheese it's are not appealing to me that like <laughs> fakey like you know what i mean yeah, so dry. people are like oh my kid will only eat uh goldfish or something you know this is like the only snack or blah, blah, blah. like okay you just train them to eat this if if, if they were used to eating natural foods, maybe that goldfish would taste like chemicals and weird yep. to them. So, uh, yeah, I'd say we need to, you know, eat foods that build our bodies. Our bodies are made of basically protein. So let's eat protein, you know? Yep. And, um, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I don't think we, we need to eat all these green vegetables. If people, you know, these little kids think they're yucky, maybe they're yucky for a reason. <laughs> uh, I, I'm serious. Like eat, I'm not saying don't eat anything any of this but it's like well let's eat i know lots of parents that raise their kids on animal foods uh yeah like potatoes rice and fruit right they they're, they're not shoving vegetables down their throat all mm -hmm. the time and i think that's perfectly natural yeah so, that, that's I'm fair and, that. you know uh, it's your probably like a, like a cheese it for example or goldfish uh they didn't know what that was until you gave it to them 
Like, mm-hmm. you know, they don't wake up one day at two years old. Like I want, I want goldfish crackers. Like unless maybe they saw it on, I don't know, a YouTube video or something, but yeah. you know, like they don't know what it tastes like because they're not going and it. purchasing it for, you know, for themselves. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I can definitely see that. And, you know, having a kid, like sometimes it's, it's very, very challenging and you've got to figure it out, but yeah, he eats pretty much everything, whole foods. And even like the bars that he has, it's just like, like dates and bit stuff like basically mm-hmm. smushed together, you know, and mm-hmm. that's what he has. Nothing's processed by any means. So teaching him that way to eat. Yeah. If he, well, he's, I don't think the kid had chocolate until he was two years old. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't have candy. He didn't have anything like that. Cause he, he didn't think anything was deprived from him. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, those processed muffins or those little things that, and you know, parents give their kids like what like what the hell they don't you know, don't feed them that stuff they, mm-hmm. they, if if they're hungry they're going to eat so yes they have their things that they go to just like any other any other adult uh, all right so what are your biggest um, give me three biggest food lies that you know you like to uh, debunk yeah wow there's so many. It seems like we almost got everything wrong. If you kind of look at the what they're suggesting, just do the opposite. Like even salt, it's like I, yeah, salt isn't bad for you. It's a it's an element that your body needs. Uh, it's bad probably because people eat tons of processed foods mm-hmm. and they're shoved salt in there. Uh, okay, so I guess the biggest food, like, well, I mean, really just red meat. That I'm just obsessed with that notion that red meat is not bad for you it is a health food it has people survive on only red meat you know like these sean baker guys and uh, carnivores or other people throughout history have just survived off of red meat and uh it's so it's a health food um i guess well maybe i'll do fiber i'll do the like sort of fiber green vegetable lie i just think and that's a controversial one and it's fine to eat but i just my idea is that it's just not necessary and that a lot of the stuff is associational that if people who eat more green vegetables and fiber are basically it's a proxy for just eating a good diet if you think about it that way it's like so all the people who are eating way more of these they're these healthy people that are just eating a good diet or what they're doing is they're displacing a whole bunch of cheeses and <laughs> processed foods with those good foods so that's just my my controversial answer would be that is that pl- plenty of people do do well without these foods like you don't actually need fiber there's plenty of people out there zero fiber for five years and they're doing fine so we don't don't need fiber for gut health or or digestion or anything like that no i mean it actually helps relieve symptoms of like constipation and different things that go on there's a study that uh, a couple studies that show that that the removal of fiber actually helps a lot of people actually cure ibs crohn's and other digestive issues by removing fiber Mm. So I would look into that. If anyone has these issues, I think a lot of times fiber is the problem. And a lot of doctors agree with this. And there, there's good studies to agree with. And there's good amount of anecdotes showing all these people uh, relieving their symptoms, curing Crohn's, curing IBS, like as best as possible. You know, it depends on how late in the stage it is. You can't just like cure it magically all the time. But sure. I, I just think that's a big myth. And for, for if you're talking about like gut health, you can get basically your gut needs butyrate. And that can be made from uh, different kinds of like non fiber. It can be made from soluble fiber, like uh, that's in, say, uh, I don't know, like chicory root is a, it, or yeah, soluble. And so you don't need like coarse fiber that like will push 
you know, food through your digestive system. You can get fiber from other foods. You can get this butyrate from being in ketosis too. If people are mm. doing a keto diet, you can, you can get these things. And just even the breakdown of like collagenous tissue, if you're eating nose to tail or eating other foods, like this collagen will actually break down into the same thing to feed your gut. So yeah, there's a lot of stuff. It gets a little detailed, but I'm not saying fiber is bad at all. I think it's actually a good hack too for satiety. If you're finding that you're, you're not full and you're trying to lose weight, yeah. I think you should, uh, well, I, I, the thing is people will just try to eat a big salad. But that's not true satiety. So it has a lot of fiber and your stomach will get full, but you're not going to be full for a long time. So mm -hmm. I think the best way is you eat, eat all the protein, but then also have the fiber to help you know fill you up in the short term. And then the protein keeps you full for the long term. So fiber is a huge one. I just want to throw a controversial one out there. <laughs> green, green vegetables. I just don't think they're magic. A lot of people just think they're these magical things and they're required for health. Yeah. And I'm saying, no, I think that's a lie. They are not required for health. You can have them and they're great. And there's, you know, so I guess the third one, um, well, I guess the seed oils is the big lie. Yeah. So what, the big lie is red meat's bad and the seed oils are good. So the, I'm just seeing more and more of uh, these being the big problems that even sugar is not a problem. A lot of people in the fitness world, they're like, yeah, I eat, I eat sugar. You know, rice is sugar. Basically your body just breaks it down, sure. but you know, they're fine. The Okinawans, they're fine. They're eating sugar. I, I actually don't think, you know, just a clean source of glucose, like a potato or rice is bad for you. It seems to be the seed oils are the real problems. And you can look at all these graphs, which are correlations and what's gone up and what along with obesity and chronic disease and the seed oils track the most track mm -hmm. the closest to this actually, because sugar kind of started going down because people started realizing you know, since say 20 years ago, 30 years ago, they started, people started realizing added sugar is not good, right? So they started like kind of decreasing their diet, but the chronic disease, type two diabetes, obesity has continued to go, on, go up and the seed oils and stuff and, you know, refined grains have continued to go, go up. So mm. I think these seed oils are a real sneaky one. And a lot of times you don't see the problems right away. And it's hard to do studies on them because they lower LDL compared to saturated fat. And I think the whole LDL myth is a huge other thing that you can get into and why uh, it's not the end all be all. And uh, man, I got complicated here at the end, but uh, just <laughs> don't, don't, I'd say don't eat the seed oils. Know that red meat uh, is not bad for you and check, check into uh, the whole green vegetable thing a little bit. All right. That, that's fair. You know, and, and you know, to, um, um, give you a little assist here. I mean, you, you didn't necessarily say like all greens are bad or all whatever, like where, where you've got these different, you know, carnivore diet and whatever. And um, I, th I think that sometimes when you're using carnivore for maybe an elimination diet or something like that, and then you're reintroducing foods, you know, back into systematically to see what bothers you. I think that can be very fair, right? And mm -hmm. in any elimination diet, you're just cutting out just different food groups and, and adding them in there. And yeah, if, you're, if your body's handling, uh, if you have an apple and you feel like you got to go to the bathroom several several times a day and your digestive system doesn't feel great, probably stay away from that. I mean, that could be the same thing with broccoli, kale, spinach, whatever, right? Um, so I, th I think that's 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 fair, and uh, often that's an argument that you won't hear somebody that is you know typically um, more straight up carnivore, right? I even asked mm -hmm. Baker yeah. that. I'm like, you you got kids, man? Like, what if they want to have some blueberries or something? He's like, oh, you know, it's fine. So. 
Um, Saladino might be a little bit more strict, right, on things yeah. like that. But to your point, like yeah, carbohydrates, you know, white rice and potatoes and things, especially. And you mentioned the people like the Okinawans are are active and and fishing and moving around, so they're going to be able to handle that better, and they're going to be more, um, you know, insulin sensitive. You know, which mm-hmm. is going to be a good thing for people. And those those active individuals are able to handle that. Yeah, lots of bodybuilders tons of white rice, tons of things, uh, high amounts of sodium. Um, I had Dr. James DeNicol D- Antonio, God, it's a hard name to say, uh, mm-hmm. I guess. And you, you wrote the, you know, the, the salt fix too. And he was talking mm-hmm. about that. So, uh, these are all very interesting things that people, you know, there's kind of flying in the face of what we thought for years and years. So last question for you here, how, how can people really wrap their heads around all this? Cause there's so much information now. And to your point, you're like, oh, if you were being told this for years, probably should think the opposite. How do we know what to go with now? That's a hard one. It's a hard one because you have to undo everything you've told. You have to go against what your doctor said. Maybe that they need to do their own education, re-education, and they might need a new doctor, actually. It's really hard if your doctor is telling you you're killing yourself. And you're like, hey, but my HDL went up. My triglycerides went down. All my blood markers got better. Everything was better. Uh, HDL is a good thing. Uh, just to make sure people know that that you know a higher HDL is generally considered good, and you did, and then the doctor will say, "Oh, this is great. This is amazing. Everything looks better." And they're like, "What are you doing? Oh, I'm eating more red meat." And they're like, "No, no, no, no. You can't do that. You know that's wrong. Red meat's bad for you. It's actually bad." And they'll, I've seen this time and time again. The doctors will say this is bad because of their training. So I guess I'm suggesting people might have to look into a different doctor. They, they will have to do their own research. Uh, I have many, many episodes of Peak Human, my podcast on this with great, great doctors, your podcast. I'm sure people can go back and listen to old episodes and find this content. It's really about educating yourself, reading books, listening to podcasts, and then maybe having to get that new doctor to support you on that side of things. So if you have those two in place, and maybe, maybe the third thing is find a new community or find some people that... Uh, agree with you it's a lot easier if people are on the same page on this stuff you know if you have these friends and they all they want to do is go out and drink and eat trash it's not going to work well so you know i actually moved to austin i'm like i'm going to get out of la uh for many reasons but i found a whole new community here because i knew they were here i you know i was already friends with a lot of them but it's like this is my community now and we do the same things and we we like to go and uh, be healthy and do this and that and eat in a certain way and it's great so yeah, I mean, it's easier said than done, but yeah, look around you for people that can help support you. Amazing. Uh, appreciate that. Brian, where can people find you? Yeah, Food Lies. Uh, if you just search any social media for Food Lies, I'll be there. I got YouTube going on. I got Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff. And uh, sapien.org is the easiest place. You can support the film there. We're still going. There's a link there to the Indiegogo. But yeah, just check out sapien.org. Amazing. Uh, I appreciate it. Uh, thanks for coming on. And once again, this is the episode of the Fat or Future Podcast. Remember, don't be a fatty, F-A-D-D-Y.